Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/fine. Visit IXL.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com/fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. Do you know what Oprah, Lady Gaga, and Mary Tyler Moore have in common? They're perfect. <laughs> yes, that is true. But they also have something else in common, Kristen. They all meditate. Oh, God. Not a meditation book. This is going to be a meditation book. Yeah, it is. I don't care if Oprah does it. I love you, Oprah. Oprah, you are perfection. But do you remember when we did Past Lives, Future Healing? Do you remember that in season one? You feel renewed. Pulsing through every organ. Every oh my God. Yes, I remember that. And I also remember you being a hot mess during Miracle Morning. Huh? Hmm. Are you asleep? Oh. What are you doing? I'm supposed to be silent. What so- are you wearing? <laughs> my workout clothes, and I'm supposed to be silent, but I fell asleep in the chair. I'm going to be real with you, Kristen. A lot of our listeners have written in concerned about your inability to meditate. It's not an ability or an inability. It's just I hate it. Your hate of meditation. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, most of them wrote in with uh, a book suggestion that is supposedly written for people just like you. And I know how this goes. It's time for us to live by it. Yep. Because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. 
Today, our book is Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris, Jeffrey Warren, and Carly Adler. Back in 2004, Dan Harris was a young, respected news journalist with ABC covering war zones, politics, and breaking news. But despite his outward success, Dan was depressed and anxious and self-medicating himself with ecstasy and cocaine. The ecstasy and cocaine raised the levels of adrenaline in his brain, exacerbated his baseline anxiety, and eventually led to Dan having a panic attack on Good Morning America while over 5 million people watched. After his breakdown, Dan knew he needed to stop taking drugs and face his pain. He began exploring meditation and eventually came to practice it for two hours a day, every day. Along the way, he befriended Jeffrey Warren, a fellow journalist and meditation enthusiast in Canada. Together, the two launched a meditation app called 10% Happier, a 10% Happier national bus tour, and they wrote the 2017 book Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, along with professional writing consultant Carly Adler. In Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, Dan, Jeffrey, and Carly explain what meditation is and isn't. In its most basic form, meditation is sitting quietly without distraction, eyes closed or relaxed, while focusing the mind. Note, the authors say repeatedly that meditation is not clearing the mind. With practice, they claim it can calm us down, focus our attention, make us more mindful, and interrupt the critical internal narrator we all have. They go on to explain the health benefits of meditation, according to studies they've read, which include reduced blood pressure, boosted recovery after the release of the stress hormone cortisol, improved immune system functioning and response, the slowing of age-related atrophy of the brain, and reduced symptoms of depression and anxiety. The book acknowledges that many people misunderstand meditation, are afraid of doing it wrong, are afraid of looking stupid while doing it, are afraid they don't have the time, or are just plain skeptical of it. But the authors insist anyone can do it, first by learning the basics of guided meditation, then working their way up to more specialized meditations. Here's how you do it. Step one, basic meditation. Set a timer for how long you want to meditate. That way you won't be tempted to watch the clock. Five to ten minutes is great, but even one minute of meditation a day is beneficial. Sit comfortably in a chair or cross-legged on the floor. Close your eyes or, if you prefer, leave them open and adjust your gaze to a neutral point on the floor. Breathe normally and focus on your breath. If it helps, note in as you breathe in and out as you breathe out. If your mind wanders, no problem. Just notice what's hijacked you and then return focus to the breath. Remember, the goal is not to clear your mind, but to focus your mind. And whenever you become distracted, just start again. Step two, investigate thinking and patterns meditation. Begin the same way you would with the basic meditation, but now focus on your mental patterns. If you happen to notice something subtly interfering with your experience, get curious about that something. Make this distraction the new object of your meditation for a while. Is it familiar? What happens when you observe it? Does it get more intense or less? Does it change or stay the same? Explore for a minute or two and then return to the breath. Step three, deal with anger meditation. When you notice you are mad, Try to do a meditation that is about deliberately evoking feelings of care and friendliness for yourself, your pals, strangers, the whole universe. Dan mentions this as one of his favorites. Sometimes he floats down the street and imagines throwing his golden lasso of love around everyone he sees. Step four, give a shit about yourself meditation. Start this meditation the same way as the basic meditation while connecting to the simple and reasonable intention for yourself to be well, to not be hurting. Find a phrase that works for you and repeat it, continually reestablishing that simple intention like, may I be well, or it's okay, or feel better. 
To help with this, you can draw on images and feelings, although you don't need to. It also helps to smile. Step five, the lazy meditation. Flop down on the floor or a couch or anywhere. Close your eyes if you like. Turn on some reality TV if you prefer. Inhale, then relax on the exhale, letting go of any tension. Your attitude is, yeah, nothing to do. Nothing to do but rest and drift. This is the main instruction. If you fall asleep, that's fine. If there are thoughts, let them be in the background, like noise from a distant radio. Step six, compassion meditation. This meditation is useful if you're worried about someone or just want to send someone good vibes. It can be done in front of the person or while imagining that person. Either way, take a few deep breaths to get settled and connect to a sincere intention for this person's hurt to end. Repeating a silent phrase in your head can help too, like, it's okay or I'm here. Step seven, specialized meditations. For these, take meditation out into the world with you. Meditate on the feeling of your feet on the ground while you're standing in line. Meditate on the sound of clinking silverware or the taste of food if you're bored at a dinner party. Feel every detail in your mouth as you brush your teeth. That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. Jolenta, tell us all about your first week of living by meditation for fidgety skeptics. Well, I was stoked to get meditating because I'm in the middle of trying to get our apartment sold. And selling an apartment is shitty, stressful work. so stressful. You got to clean. You have to declutter. You got to rearrange so the room looks as big as possible. You have to get everything ready for photos. You have to hide all of your squirrel tchotchkes because no one wants to see that many. I want to see them. I know you do, but not, (laughs) not potential buyers. So I was a ball of stress and sore and cranky and ready to start. On day one, I did a 10-minute basic meditation. Overall, I didn't hate it, but I was super distracted by how uncomfortable it is to sit still. I worried the meditation wouldn't even count because I was so distracted by how uncomfortable I was. But at the end of the day, I did notice a little bit of a difference. Here, take a listen. Cleaning is winding down. And... uh I'm all right. I'm tired, but I'm doing a little better than yesterday. I, uh, I'm less sore. My jaw's less sore. My back's less sore. I mean, I don't know if meditation has helped, but I, I noticed I was able to sort of stop myself and, and be aware when I was like clenching my jaw or, or hunching over really, really hard while I was like vacuuming. Like I was just a little more aware of when things would get tight and then I'd be able to be like, oh, chill for a second. Very interesting. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. even though that chair was not comfortable, you got some uh, meditation vibes, huh? Maybe a little bit, a little bit. I was optimistic. We'll put it that way. And so what did you do next, Jolenta? After that, I wanted to continue that good meditation feeling, but far away from my uncomfortable chair. So I took meditation out into the world. Step seven. Mm-hmm. Totally skipping ahead, Jolenta. Yes, as per usual, classic <laughs> Jolenta move. Uh, I took it out into the world by going to a yogic meditation class. Hold on. What kind of class is that? It was Basically, it's just a relaxation and meditation class in a yoga studio. So they call it yogic meditation. Mm. And we'd lie in different 
yoga poses like twist or child's pose, basically any pose that's easy and sort of looks like a crumpled up fetal position. And then uh, we will be guided through different meditations. Nice. And how did you like that? How did that affect you being step sevening out in the world? Well, here's a clip of me after class. That class was so good. I feel so relaxed. I'm never meditating in a fucking chair again. Ugh. So zen, John. Yeah, yeah, clearly I loved it. You know, when I took time to release physical tension and experiment with meditation in different positions, it was a lot easier to stop being distracted by my body and move on to step two, investigating my thinking patterns during meditation. So tell us all about that. So... I noticed during my meditation, when my mind starts to quiet down, my knee-jerk reaction is to fill that dead air uh, by coming up with random problems to worry about. That is not fun. Don't, don't do that to yourself, Jolenta. Yeah, it's not fun. But I think it, it makes sense that I'm like this. You know, I'm learning that 30 years of undiagnosed ADHD have taught me not to trust myself, uh, especially when it's time to relax. Usually whenever I think things are fine and I can chill – I'm forgetting something important or saying something that totally offends someone without oh. noticing and consequences are waiting. But Talenta, that's just, it's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so I talked to Brad about it. Do I come off as like generally scattered and unprepared? Like, am I a generally sort of like sloppy person? No, you're an incredibly organized, like baller woman. So if I spent a lot of time worrying about, like, being super unprepared and, like, really disorganized, like, you would be like, that's probably a waste of energy. Yes! Really? Yes. And, like, I know for a fact I'm not alone in this. Like, my mom said earlier today, like, Jolie is just so well organized. Like, really? she's got, got her stuff together when it comes to apartment stuff and when it comes to her job. Like, she's just so well organized. Like, it's not just me who thinks that. That's just the way the world sees you. Really? Like, bad news, yeah. All right, interesting. Thank you for your feedback, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brad. Jolenta does have her shit together. Yeah, I think the way I see myself or the way I've taught myself to worry, like, might not be that accurate or helpful anymore. Mm. So what did you do with that information? Well, I'd love to answer that question, Kristen. But I dealt with that information in week two. So you're going to have to wait because I need to hear about your first week of living by Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Or as I call this book, Meditation for Kristens. Oh, God. Snap. (laughs) All right. So I started off, of course, as we always do on day one, by reading the book. And I have to say, in this case, normally I plow through the books. Yeah, you're the fast reader. I am. But it was a lot harder than I expected this time. Are you serious? Listen. Okay. I just woke up. And I am waking up for maybe the third time in the last hour and a half because I keep falling asleep trying to read this book about meditation. And I thought that meditating always made me fall asleep. And it turns out reading about meditating makes me fall asleep all the time too. But... I'm going to sit upright now rather than read laying down, and maybe that will allow me to stay awake and 
What was I talking about? Oh my gosh, you can't even read it? Don't don't get me wrong, Tolenta. This is not a 1,000-page academic textbook, and you're right. I should have been able to get through it without sleeping. But you know I am not a meditation person, Jolenta. like you're so allergic to it. You just fall asleep the second <laughs> someone says the word to you. It's like I have a thing that I call rage naps where sometimes I get so frustrated with something I just like fall asleep. Yeah. I think meditation gives you rage naps. I think it does too. I think it does. Yeah. But But we're living by this book. Exactly. We made that decision, so... I tried my best. Yeah, and this book is literally for people like you who are <laughs> who are turned off by meditation. Okay, so I finished the book, and then I started at step one, just like you, with the basic meditation. And because I really wanted to do it right, I went to Dan Harris's website, and I chose one of the recorded guided meditations there, and I even got Dean to join me. Nice. You may be sitting in a chair or... If you like, cross-legged on a cushion. Whichever posture is most comfortable for you. We sit in a somewhat dignified posture. Dignified? Which helps set the tone for mindfulness and alertness. Is it just me, or is this guy's voice super irritating? It was straight, but not mm, tense. It's just not stiff. Ah, just kidding. Yeah, it's a very annoying voice. <laughs> So begin by gently closing your eyes. I mean, what is what is sitting in a dignified manner? You have to have your chakras in alignment, love. <laughs> I still don't I'm even know what a chakra is. It sounds here. kind of like a candy. You want me to show you? Oh, honey. Hold on. What did he say? Posture. Did he just say something we're supposed to pay attention to? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, God. Do we have to start this tape over again? That was fucking pathetic. I'm like actually dis- I'm like truly disappointed in you and Dean. This must be how people feel about Miracle Morning, where I'm like, you're not even trying. No, like you're making a mockery of this. Kristen. I was, I was trying, but the book does not say to do it with your husband mm. and talk the whole time. We didn't mean to. What'd you do next? <laughs> I did the second meditation. I did step two, nice. investigating my thinking patterns, and. Yes, I did it without a recording this time because it seemed like maybe the recording wasn't helping me, obviously. It clearly distracted you. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Jolenta. Mm-hmm. How was it? It was boring. Focusing Shocker. on thought patterns is boring. It is a bore. It is so boring. But as boring as it was, I have to confess, it was actually helpful. Oh, what? Things that are good for you aren't always super exciting like parties? <laughs> It was helpful because it made me realize what I hate so much about meditation. What? Because my mind kept going back in circles to the same issue over and over again, which Mm -hmm. was, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time. Sitting here is making me feel anxious because I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. And so... what? How do you deal with that? What would you do? I dealt with it by, like you, jumping ahead a few steps. Yeah. I jumped ahead. To step seven. Holla at your step seven jumpers. To those specialized meditations, the meditations that you can bring out into the world. And I, again, did this with Dean. Okay, honey, we're on the street. We're waiting for our friends to meet us for brunch. Uh I think now would be a perfect time to up our game. And meditate. Yes. The more sophisticated meditations where we do them while we're standing outside. So while we're standing and waiting here, let's just concentrate on the feeling 
of our feet and how they feel with the ground beneath our feet and breathe in and out in and out feel each toe feel the ground holding us up feel the sensation on the arch and the ball of the foot and the heel the calming sounds of the fire truck thoughts will enter our mind acknowledge those thoughts and let them go it's a fire truck by fire truck okay you did better that time I that did. was that was like an actual meditation. And even like just listening to your voice over the siren, I was like, I can kind of ignore the siren and, and feel a little calm right now. Yeah. Dean, I mean, Dean on the yeah, other hand, is so like well. banned from meditating near <laughs> you. But yeah, Dean did not do the best job. But I actually think I did. And the reason mm-hmm. why is I didn't feel like I was wasting time. I was multitasking. I already mm-hmm. had to be waiting in right. line. Right. You were already standing on that, a sidewalk. Yeah. I was already waiting in line for that brunch to meet my friends anyway. So it felt that I was actually accomplishing something. Nice. And I took things even further in week two. I cannot wait to hear about that. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Okay, Jolanta, we talked about week one of living by meditation for fidgety skeptics. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about week two. Did you meditate on your worry and what Brad told you about being actually much more organized and respected in the world than you thought you were? You know I did. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, I started week two with the give a shit about yourself meditation. Oh, good, good. So I got cozy and I focused on being well and not torturing myself with cyclical thoughts. And it was super fucking hard. I kept getting derailed by new worries. Every time I'd shove another one out, my brain would be like, what if your move falls through? You have to go to the DMV soon. Like, the dog needs to stop barking every time the doorbell rings. Um, But since I was trying to focus on being well, I came up with a little mantra to tell myself to get unstuck and get out of these thought patterns. And what was that mantra? Well, why don't we just give it a listen? Wait a second. I'm a queen bitch, and I've got this shit on lock. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, my God. Do you like it? <laughs> you are a queen bitch, and you got this shit on lock. Yeah. You do! I don't, yes. I don't always believe I've got this shit on lock, but just pausing to say anything in my head helped derail those thought patterns and reset my mind. 
Also, I found this mantra to be very helpful when I was angry as well, because I tend to spiral in anger just the way I spiral in anxiety. So I use this mantra for step three as well. Oh, damn. Look who's multitasking mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, multitasking all over the place. Oh, yes. I'm a meditation rebel. Uh, so <laughs> after... I meditated on all that hard shit, like thinking patterns and anger and all that. I needed a break. So I moved on to a compassion meditation. Hmm. And like a true cliche, I aimed my compassion at my husband. Oh, you're a good wife. Uh, I know. Well, And Brad's been super crazy busy lately. Uh, He's got a new project at work. He's working until 2 or 3 a.m. and then getting up early with me to do moving chores. Uh. And he's just... You know, a chicken with his head cut off. So I wanted to make a conscious effort to remember that he's a real person. And even though I'm moving, he is also moving and essentially starting a new job. And he's going through a lot. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so I would just meditate and try to send him good vibes and remember it's not all about me and how stressed moving makes me. And uh, I checked in with him one morning as he was getting home at 2 a.m. to see if he'd been feeling any of the effects of me meditating on compassion and wellness for him. Mm. You've been incredibly supportive. And it, like, hits me, like, every day when I come home, like, you're often still up waiting for me. And, like, every time that we've had to, like, deal with stuff away from work and everything, I've been struck every single day these last few weeks, like, how supportive you are. Really? Like, I'm not joking. Are you serious? No, it's made, like, a huge, huge difference in my life. It's made, like, this job I have actually fun because I know that I can, like, focus on that even though though the hours are stupid. Like, Mm -hmm. when I'm there, at least I know, like... I'm supported. Mm, It's it's been, like, it's made, like, this world of difference. Good. Yeah, because I feel like you've been really bringing your A game at home. Thank you. I've been trying to draw a line of when I'm at work, I'm at work, and when I'm at home, like, I'm at home, and you have been, like, the reason I've been able to Mm. do that. Do you think that's because of your meditation? I mean, maybe, or I'm just like a way nicer wife than I thought I was. <laughs> but I, I think meditation might have helped. I tend to get really wrapped up in whatever's stressing me out and forget about what could be stressing someone else out. So I think it I think it was a good reminder. Oh, good. And how did you wrap up your week, too? Oh, you know I ended it with a lazy yeah, meditation. I know you were going <laughs> to do yes. that. Yes. So I sprawled out on my couch. I turned off all my devices. I grabbed my dog and I focused solely on my breath and watching an episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, Jolenta. Um, I'm trying not to make this sound snarky, but um, don't you just do that every day? <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Oh, my God. No, no, Kristen. When I normally watch my reality TV, I'm doing a billion other things. I'm emailing. I'm writing scripts for this show. I'm throwing a toy for my dog. I'm eating dinner. I'm cooking dinner. I'm, I'm doing any number of important tasks. I never just sit down and actually watch and, like, breathe. And how did that feel? Did it feel meditative? Oh, yo, it felt fucking great. I'm serious. It was so nice to have an excuse not to multitask and ask myself, like, what could I be doing? What am I forgetting? And just actually veg out and give myself a break. It was the best way to end week two. And now I want to hear about your week two. How did it go? I know you want to hear about it. So, reminder, week one, 
I realized that I can meditate. I'm actually very good at meditating as long as I'm combining it with other tasks. And so in week two, I went full hog, ride or die, Uh all the way meditation, me meditation all the way. So I did step three, the deal with anger meditation while I was on hold with my insurance company. And you know I get angry with them. I'm mad at your insurance company. They've called twice during this recording session. They're annoying as hell. They're so annoying. Then I did step four, the give a shit about yourself meditation while getting ready for work, putting on lotion, putting on makeup, doing my hair, doing the whole thing. Then when I was on the phone with my sister who was talking about my sick nephew, I did step six, the compassion meditation. In my head and in my heart, I thought, may you be well, little Devin. Auntie Kristen loves you, little Devin. Auntie Kristen loves you. Oh, that's so sweet. I love little Debbie. And then, of course, I did the mother of all multitasking meditations. Step five, the lazy meditation. Yay, my favorite. Listen. Wait, aren't you supposed to be working tonight? I thought you said you had work work to do tonight. Um, I am working. I'm working right now. You're falling asleep. No, no, the British Bake Off is on, and I'm meditating to it this some more advanced meditation, honey. It's called the reality TV lazy person's meditation. Just, you think it looks like I'm falling asleep, but I'm really just, I'm in the zone. You're just watching telly, hon. I'm just, I'm in the zone. Look at that dark chocolate. She's using dark chocolate. Oh, I'm not going to think about it. Just going to zone out and let it be. Just letting it be. Okay. Dean, get out of there. Why Why do you let him do this to you while you meditate? <laughs> you did a very good job staying on task, but yeah, it's not I know. a game, Dean. I know. Dean was not helping the situation, but I have to be honest about something here. Even when I was meditating the way the book wanted me to without Dean bothering me at all, <laughs> I still didn't actually feel like it was really making my life better than before. So I actually started to get really hung up on the book's claim that everyone has to do this. Mm -hmm. And as a way of investigating that claim, I talked to my friend Sudi. Sudi has been meditating since she was 13. She does it every single day. And she says it has improved her life. And I love Sudi. So I asked her if she agrees with Dan Harris. Does everyone really need to meditate? I don't know if everybody does need to meditate. I think... Some people probably are aware enough of their feelings and aware uh, in the moment that they probably don't need to focus on clearing their mind to sort of think through how they're feeling at the time. Or I, I do it because a lot of the time I'm not able to process emotions when I need to. So I use that time to sort of go back to things that I was upset about and just try to clear my mind of those Um, I don't think everybody needs to, though. So, yeah, after talking with Sudi, I stopped fixating on Dan Harris's claim that everyone needs to meditate. And instead, I just patted myself on the back for giving it my best effort. I tried it a bunch of different ways. And more importantly, I went back to letting myself laugh again when Dean joked around with me. Oh, thank God. Yes, because frankly, laughing with Dean makes me feel way better than anything Dan Harris says I should do. Well, Kristen, I love that. But it sounds like you're veering a little too close to verdict territory. So, before we get to that, it's time to go to a break. Yes, yes, break time. But first, as always, we want to remind listeners 
You guys, we love to hear from you. Tell us, have any of you lived by meditation for fidgety skeptics? Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? Share your story at 505-510-BOOK or email us at buythebook at panoply.fm. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did meditation for fidgety skeptics actually work? Would we recommend it? Do you want me to go first? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's start with the book itself. For me, not the most entertaining read. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you stayed awake. You I, did fall asleep. I did stay awake. You did stay awake. I did stay awake. But, you know, he's super preachy about meditation. That's what this whole book is about. It changed his whole life and his whole brand. Like, that. it's the same as all the self-help books. It gets a little annoying. But what I do like is he backs up his preachiness with actual research. And uh, I started not minding it as much. And also, towards the end of the book, he started winning me over even more because Dan Harris acknowledges, you know, what he's had to endure in life, like, isn't much compared to what other people have had to endure. And, like, he knows he was born with privilege. In the book, he says, I was born on third base, the recipient of an incalculable amount of unearned privilege. Yes. That's mind-blowing. In none of these other books, who are mostly all written by, like, probably white middle-class straight people, men and women, none of them are like, I know I've had it relatively easy and, like, I was born very lucky. No one has done that before. That's true. That's, That's super true. refreshing. And this book got me thinking about the fact that even though meditation can be done anywhere and for free, it is still designated as something for those with privilege. You know, why aren't we teaching meditation in jail or in public schools or anywhere other than, like, retreats and yoga studios where you have to have disposable income? Like, it's something we can do for free. Yeah. And that book got me thinking about this and being like, oh, it's beneficial and costs nothing. Like, but somehow we're hoarding this information for white yuppies who read goop. <laughs> um, okay, done with that rant. What is my actual verdict? I fully recommend this book. Oh, yeah. a full recommendation it from Jolenta Greenberg. Yeah, it made meditation approachable for me and way less rigid seeming, not all about like sitting cross-legged with your spine super straight. You know, I could be in a child's pose or laying on a couch watching my show and just try to think about my breath and, and be really present and in the moment and be a little more mindful while I watch my shit. Um, I didn't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to meditate at the same time or do it a certain way. Like, it just let me be me and also experiment with my thoughts. Mm, good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad that you got so much out of this book, Jolenta. Oh, thank you. But that makes me so worried about your verdict. <laughs> and like all of the bad things you're going to point out that I'll feel stupid for not no, noticing. No, no, Jolenta. Oh, my God. Please don't say that. Okay. I never want to make you feel stupid. No, God. you don't make me feel stupid. Okay. Okay, good. All right. So I will say on the bright side, on, on the positive side, mm -hmm. this book has a few very low-lift meditations that might be good for some people who want to dip their toes into the world of meditation. And if that's you, great. However, I am not one of those people. And as I already said, the book did not make my life better. In fact, the book might have actually made my life slightly worse 
because of Dan's constant proselytizing and the hitting us over the head and the trying to wrangle us into believing that meditation is the only way, which he doesn't always say it's the only way. There is actually one sentence at the very end of the book, which I highlighted, where he says, I admit it, this isn't necessarily the only way. But that's like one sentence. That's kind Mm -hmm. of how I felt he treated the multitasking meditation. That's kind of how I felt he treated the TV meditation. Mm-hmm. That makes it's just sense. like a couple of asides that I liked. Yeah. And then if it wasn't those asides, it was nonstop haranguing us about not loving meditation as much as he does. And can we just point out his love of meditation once again? Mm-hmm. It's two hours a day. Okay. Like all of our authors, he like He's very takes obsessed. it further than your average Joe. He harangues his wife and makes fun of his wife for not I did, that did bother meditating. me. And yeah. he talks about how she's afraid of not doing it right. She's constantly afraid of not giving herself to it. Don't give your wife a hard time when six months after she gave birth to your child, you said you had to check out to start meditating two hours a day and could not help with bedtime routine. No, that was a total When he admits move. he doesn't help with bedtime yeah. routine and doesn't do anything for his kid because meditation is more of a priority for him. No, Dan Harris. No, 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 no. And the only reason why the lazy person's reality TV meditation exists in this book is because his co-author was kind enough to say to his wife, sometimes Dan's a little harsh. Maybe you can just do this and count it as meditation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's terrible that somebody else had to step in and say, I know Dan's being tough on you. And he is just a little too right. rigid about it. You know, it. now that you're saying this, I'm realizing most of the stuff I liked was written by Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Big realization. Not Jeff enough credit for Big this. Big realization. I like that Dan Harris acknowledges he's privileged. That gives him a plus one in my book uh, <laughs> as far as all straight white men go. Um, but Jeff is the one who actually said like all the stuff that resonated with both yes, of us I think with both of us you're correct oh my god thank you for pointing that out oh Jolanta. my god so yeah. basically I recommend Jeff's book yes <laughs> <laughs> and and I you do too maybe yes yeah. yes because he is letting you be you even yeah. though he's in that super ultra meditation mode oh, also he has super bad ADHD like me and, oh. and he talks about that at the beginning of the book I totally forgot about that and I was like oh my god this is me I identify with this so much yes. wait I'm in love with Jeff yeah Jeff is the one that this book should be read for and Jeff if you just write a pamphlet Jeff I'll read the pamphlet. send us your pamphlet on like how to meditate on you being you yeah, I don't need this whole book. I just need Jeff's pamphlet. Dan Harris should have just been a, a case study in Jeff's book. That's what it should have been. Like, I knew this guy who had a panic attack on air because he was a cokehead and miserable. And, like, now look at him. He meditates twice a day and, like, is preachy. Yeah, he's really mean to his wife. The end. Thanks, Jeff. We'll read your pamphlet. We love you, Jeff. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is the calm and meditative Cameron Drews. Our managing producer is the zen-like Mia Lobel. Our composer is Nate Wyda, who has chakras. And our theme song is performed by the great, wonderful band who we adore, the Rizzos. Thanks also to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Also, stay in touch with us. Let us know if you've read Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, how it worked for you, didn't work for you. Send us your questions or suggestions for future books to live by. Our email address is bythebook at panoply.fm. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And of course, call us. Share your beautiful voice with us at 505-510-BOOK. 
Lastly, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. It helps us keep our jobs. And if you haven't already, just tell a friend about the show. Get them to listen. Download it on their phone. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thanks for listening. Bye. you're so wonderful you Whoa, get the last you must have been meditating on compassion i was fidgeting because i had to pee oh. i'm gonna go pee this is a big year the ohio lottery's golden anniversary 50 years of excitement of growing jackpots and crossed fingers 50 years of funding for schools of changed lives and brightened days 50 years of fun and that is worth celebrating so watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.